Welcome to another episode of the Spicy Pecan Podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. Your time is truly appreciated. So we have changed formats. Um, for you guys who don't know, I've done several podcasts in the past, um, but never been like the lead, <laughs> always been behind the scenes. So I'm basically trying to find the best way to deliver the podcast there have been so many changes to the world in the time between now and when I started and just in even my conscience, uh, consciousness, um, a lot has changed. So I'm just moving and shaking. Thank you for being flexible with me. The new format will be every other Thursday. Um, every, uh, every once in a while we'll have guests, but for the most part, it'll just be me same premise. Um, my most important objective is delivering you the best content that I possibly can. Um, you know, obviously keeping it in my spicy way. Um, but also learning together. That is my biggest, biggest, biggest goal. I want to learn as much as possible as I can through this podcast, through you, through your stories and through the stories of others. And obviously as, um, you know, learning from what is happening around us. So guys, what has been going on? So much in the news, so much. I'm not going to be able to cover every single thing. And I absolutely hate talking about politics, but it's so ingrained in our everyday culture now that, um, you know, that really does need to be discussed. So I'll touch on a couple of things, um, but mostly, you know, current events and things like that. So... <laughs> Y'all president is out of control, out of control. Kung flu, Kung flu, word. That's what we doing out here in these streets. Kung flu, Trump, really? This, <laughs> this nigga is so racist. There is just no rhyme or reason to this. There's no rhyme or reason. I mean, there's nothing that you can say to defend the leader of the free world saying something like Kung flu. And then saying it multiple times. And it's, he just, he gets off on this stuff. He loves it. He loves it. And this is what we were telling people when they were voting for him in the first place, right? He's racist. He's sexist. He treats women like shit. He talks about women like shit. He's racist. He has a history of it. Um, he's, he has disgusting business practices. He has a history of it. You know, these are the things that we were saying so it just blows my mind when you watch some of these news channels and they defend him or they say, this is the worst thing. Just don't listen to what he says. Watch his politics. I'm troubled with both. I am legit troubled with both. So <laughs> just Donald Trump to me is like a shitty stepdad. He only wants to take care of his kids. Like, listen, you married into this. Okay, you agreed to be a part of this situation. You have to take care of us all. You can't just take care of the kids that you want to take care of. That's not how this works. You are a shitty stepdad. Seriously. It's, it is absolutely crazy. And then uh, Fauci now. And where the hell has Fauci been? 
I mean, they were doing these press conferences where they're giving us updates about the coronavirus. That just went to shit. I guess they have no desire to update us or let us know what they're doing or really what they're not doing. I mean, it's very clear that if you look at our map in uh, comparison to other countries, countries that have nowhere near uh, the capabilities that we have, the potential that we have, um, their numbers are low. And it, it just really makes absolutely no sense. This is supposed to be the best country in the world, right? That's what we act like. That is what we act like as Americans. We act like this is the best damn place in the world. And look, we barely have testing everywhere available to people. It should be free everywhere. Um, we, we are just so behind. We are so behind in this entire thing. We should have been showing the world how we do it. We should have been showing the world, listen, this is what we did here. Here's our model. Here's our template. This is how we got the numbers down. We're supposed to be the leaders. But this is what happens when you decide to divide people years and years. It's not just Donald Trump's fault. Years and years and years of division and bull. You're trying to keep an entire population of your, um, of the American public you're trying to keep them down rather than developing the entire population of the American, uh, uh, of the American public. When you do that, we rise people, we have leaders and scientists. And when you encourage people and when you support people, all of your communities, the stars rise up. It, it is what it is. I mean, you know, we could talk about this forever, but anyway, Fauci is saying that there's no guarantee the coronavirus uh, will have a vaccine um, anytime soon, not even as early as 2021. That's when they're, well, actually, I'm sorry, let me step that back. That is the earliest that they believe that there will be a, um, a vaccine, 2021, early 2021. And he didn't look a thousand percent confident about that. Now, I did read a news report that they have begun some type of testing in Africa. I know people were all up in arms about them testing some sort of vaccine in Africa. Um, the gist was their explanation for that was that they didn't want Africa to be left behind once the vaccine uh, became available. So I don't know too much about that. I'm just putting that on your radar. I didn't do a whole bunch of research on that. But um, yeah, no vaccine. And here's the thing, and I've been saying it on my, uh, my personal social media. I don't know if you guys follow me. If you do, I usually say just follow the podcast. <laughs> Some of my personal stuff, <laughs> a little bit, you know, but um, follow the podcast, Facebook. I do share a lot of uh, good information there, but I've been saying over and over again, just because these people say that um, they're lifting some gates or opening the doors or restaurants are open or you can get your hair cut, um, that don't mean shit. Sorry, it don't. It means nothing. You know what it means? It means get your ass back to work because we don't care. We don't care. My, me and my family good. We're going to be working from home. We're going to be doing this quarantine thing for 
quite a bit of time. Basically, we're going to be doing it until there's really a vaccine or some huge breakthrough. But you, I need you to go down to that CVS, 7-Eleven, Burger King, McDonald's, wherever. I need you to go ahead and open up that store because I need my money to be running. That's what this means. That's what this means. It. I hope that you are not gathering some sort of sense of security in the fact that they're saying, oh, we're now yellow. Oh, we're green now. What the fuck? What do your colors mean? There has been nothing. Nothing has changed from the time that we have originally heard about this to now. There have been no breakthroughs. They haven't gotten on the news and said, hey, if you take, you know, 2000 milligrams of vitamin C and sea moss and tea tree oil that it reduces your chance of, you know, being on a ventilator by 50%. They're not saying nothing, 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 nothing has changed. So we'll talk about this a little more, but just make sure that you're putting your safety first, your family safety first. Do not rely on these people that are, you know, city leaders and government leaders, they have objectives. They have to keep the economy moving because we are rolling into a recession. We're going to talk about that a little more, but we're rolling into a recession. Okay. And we, obviously you don't know how bad it's going to be. A recession is technically six months of a downturn. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean the sky is falling. It doesn't mean that the economy is never going to come back. It doesn't mean that um, you know, it's going to be a apocalypse now or anything like that. It will come back, but it is the reality. It's the reality of what's happening. So I just wanted to put that on people's radars again. Please do not find comfort in these politicians telling you that, yeah, you can go back to work now. That's them saying we need the economy to start pumping again. Has nothing to do with your safety, has nothing to do with you passing this virus on to someone. Um, but speaking of the coronavirus, just to put this on you on you guys' radar, they are going to be looking for contact tracers. I don't know if you guys have um, know exactly what that is, but contact tracers are the people who are going to be contacting folks who have been exposed to the virus. So in many states, this is going to be a huge thing. Cities, counties are going to be in charge of hiring people to keep the numbers down. Because again, there's no vaccine in sight. So it's an at-home position in most states is what they're saying in terms of um, the articles that I've been reading. So New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, uh, it would be an at-home position. You would have to have obviously internet. I'm sure there's some training associated but they're saying that people will get paid anywhere from $18 to $25. And I mean, hey, as a 1099 employee, that's a lick and a half because if you're 1099, you're a small business. So you can start writing off everything. Um, but uh, yeah, check out those contact tracer jobs if you guys are looking for employment or realizing that your company is going to be opening back up, but they don't have a real decent plan as to how they're going to keep you safe. Um, a contact tracing position may be a good, a good bet for you. So there was this, uh, moving right along, there was this breakfast club interview. I don't know if you guys watched the breakfast club. I love the breakfast club. 
It is a problematic show. I mean, they have their issues and stuff like that, but shit, I've changed my format like how many times? Y'all still rocking with me, so I mean, it happens. Uh, you know, no, nothing's perfect, but it is a really good way to get um, educational content about the culture and, you know, about current events, things that we need to know. So anyway, they had an interview with this woman named Angela Stanton. If you have not seen the interview, check it out. I recommend it. Um, your blood may boil a bit. I know mine did when I was watching it. So Angela Stanton is from Georgia. She is, Trump pardoned her. So she is an ex-con. She was doing her jail sentence and um, Trump pardoned her. So I don't know all of the details of her exact case, but he let her out of jail, essentially. So she's now running as a Republican against uh, uh, Lewis, what is his name? John Lewis. So Angela Stanton is running against John Lewis. John Lewis has been in the house for about 16 or 17 terms. Extremely important to the culture. Um, if you know anything about this man, he is a civil rights activist. His record speaks for itself. She is running against him as a Republican. Here's where I got pissed off in her interview. I mean, it was a couple of times, but one of the first things. She was talking about this thing called gender dysphoria. And it's basically some, it's an explanation. It's how people are trying to explain being transgender. So example, your seven-year-old kid says, I feel like I'm a girl. He was born a boy. She's saying that it, that is gender dysphoria, that it is a disease and that it's something that should not be encouraged. What people want to do at 18 and older, you can't stop them. But for a child, you should tell that child that they are in, in fact not whatever they're claiming to be and to continue to remind them that they were born whatever they were. Uh, her, biggest, her biggest gripe about, um, about this gender dysphoria is having to explain to children about what gay what lesbian, what bisexual, what transgendered is. She basically said that you can't talk about those things without talking about sex. The entire panel never questioned her on that. They kind of let her run them into the ground with this dialogue. This pissed me off because as a lesbian, um, their sex is a very small part of being gay. Just like sex is a very small part of being straight. It has everything to do with, yes, who you were attracted to, but sex is not the first, last, middle thing about gay. You can explain gay to your children as just like mommy likes daddy, sometimes mommies like mommies. Boom, done, simple, has nothing to do with sex. And I'll also remind you that this is one of the reasons that we have so many issues between uh, straight people and everybody else that has a different lifestyle. For some reason, you guys are fascinated on the sex part. You're fascinated by it. When somebody tells you that they're gay and you don't have a real basis 
like a, a bunch of friends that are gay or been in the culture or, you know, it's nothing to you. You're kind of always been around it. If you're one of those people that are kind of sheltered from it, the first thing you think about is sex. That's the first thing you think about when somebody tells you that they're gay. But if somebody tells you that they're straight, the first thing you think about is not sex. When you see people in their regular everyday couples holding hands and things like that at the grocery store, you're not necessarily thinking about sex first. If you see me with a girlfriend holding hands in the grocery store, guaranteed you're thinking about sex first. This is a straight problem because you guys are just fascinated with that part of it. I promise you it is a very smart, a small part of it, just like it's a small part of your relationships. If you're with someone just for the sex, that relationship ain't going to last. We all know that. We all know that. Relationships don't last if they're solely based on sex, just like in gay relationships. Relationships don't last when they're solely based on sex. We're still talking about human beings. My point being is that you don't have to inundate kids with sex to explain to them that just like mommy likes daddy, sometimes daddy's like daddy's, sometimes mommy's like mommy's, and that's okay too. Now, I don't have children. I can't tell someone what to tell their child that comes to them at four, five, six, seven and says, I don't feel like I was born in the right body. But I can guarantee you that I highly doubt someone put that in their mind. So it's probably an original thought. And that's something that needs to be honored. Now, I can't tell you what to do with your kids, but they will. They will. They're going to grow up. And if you're one of those parents that are constantly making them shove those words down their throat, making them eat those words and suppress those feelings from you, the person that they should be going to, to tell everything to regardless of anything, you're going to pay for that. So I can't tell you what to do with your kids. I can't tell you any of that. I never would. It's not my place. And like I said, I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't have children myself. So I'm not in that situation. But I can tell you as someone who is actually in that culture, who is actually of that lifestyle, it ain't that serious with the sex part. Get over that shit. That is very, very small-minded. So Miss Angela also got into Planned Parenthood and she began to talk about the killing of black babies and how it is a huge problem. Um, Planned Parenthood should basically be shut down. They shouldn't receive any funding. She was going back and forth of how Planned Parenthood turned down um, money because the government didn't give them money for the abortion side. They gave them money for the preventative, but didn't give them um, money for the, the abortion side. So they turned it down. She was going on and on about that. Point being, Planned Parenthood does do abortions, but Planned Parenthood is also a clinic to many in terms of regular physical exams, um, gynecological visits, sec, uh, STD testing, they do a gamut of things. Abortion is a very, very small part. And while I understand every life 
does matter. I am not going to tell someone that they don't have a right to make a choice about their body because guess what? As much as Angela wants to say, oh, it's such a shame. We shouldn't be aborting any babies. It's the wrong, you know, da, 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 da. Who's going to take care of the babies when they're here? Because there's plenty. We got plenty of kids starving. Plenty of kids that barely get proper education. Plenty of kids who barely get to the doctor, their doctor's appointments um, or even have Medicaid. Plenty of kids who are in the foster system. Plenty of kids who are being molested and abused. Plenty of kids who are being sex trafficked and all kinds of other things. We have plenty of those children. Angela, what's the plan for them? What's the plan for them? Now, I'm not God. I can't tell someone that what they're doing, a choice that they're making with their body is right or wrong. But I know that it's not my damn choice. I know that it shouldn't be my choice because I don't have to live with the consequences of that. You know, the government is real funny when they want to talk about pro-life, but you don't even take care of the lives that are here. You take care of the people you want to take care of. So typically abortions are had by people who are typically, this is typically the case, not by any means always the case, but it's usually a poverty status. It's usually a poverty status that gets someone to decide that bringing a life into the world is not something that they can handle at that point. So would we rather say, yes, no abortions are available for anybody. Sure, bring that child into the world, Um, what's going to happen to the child when they say, Hey, remember I told you I wasn't prepared for this. Here's this child back. What do we do then? We put them in foster care. They get abused. All kinds of stuff happens to them. All kinds of shit. People have all kinds of traumatic, uh, trauma because of the fact that they were bounced from home to home, never had a stable place. So would you rather someone be here, um, and have a miserable existence. I mean, you're not going to take the responsibility of them when they're here. You're not taking responsibility for the kids that are here now. Where parents are died or incarcerated or whatever. So that's my thing about the pro-life thing. I, if you want to make it a religion thing, you can make it a religion thing. You can make anything a religion thing. We're so good at judging each other. We're so good at saying, oh, well, you know, I'm a little better because I have never done that sin. But everything I know about Christianity, everything I know about um, Jesus was that he ran to the people who committed sin. So anyway, I mean, there's no there's no need to go on and on about that. But I definitely wanted to make my position known. I'm not exactly the the pivotal gay person. This, uh, what, June was gay pride and all that. I, I don't get into all that. I'm not really into the culture culture. I'm kind of a whack-ass gay person. I just happen to be gay. You know, I don't have the flags and I don't have the all of that stuff. I rep. It is who it is. I mean, it is what it is. It's who I am. But I don't make, a, I don't make it like a political party. No offense to anybody that does. Listen, but I got a lot of other shit going on. I'm black, I'm Puerto Rican, and I'm a woman. The gay thing is like, shit, at this point, if I stub a toe, I should qualify for a handicap sticker. Really, I got so much shit going on. But 
Anyway, what else we got on the, what else did I want to talk to you guys about? I'm so excited to be back. I love doing this podcast, even though I get a little nervous every time I get on the mic. Like when I first start setting everything up, I get a little nervous, but as soon as I'm on, I just start talking all my shit. Um, anyway, so, uh, (laughs) did you, did you guys see the, the St. Louis couple pointing their guns at protesters? First of all, what is the need of that? Nobody's bum rushing your house. People just, this is why, this is why people are so freaking extra. But the crazy thing is y'all not even about that life because you got like a, an AK 47 pointed at your wife's head. Like they weren't even holding the guns right. It was like a freaking joke. Don't, I just thought that was funny. I, I, you know, I just wanted to mention that, but you ain't about that life, okay? Don't try to walk off the golf course, pull out your AK-47 and think that like, what? What? Nigga, you will shoot your, your whole foot off. Anyway, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is why do we praise traitors? Why do we praise traitors in this country? Like President Trump. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that nigga for the second time on this podcast. And y'all know I hate talking about politics. But it's absolutely ridiculous that he is a traitor. He's a straight up traitor. Colluding, collusion, whatever you want to talk. The entire Russian situation is absolutely ridiculous. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was other stuff that we don't even know about. There's, I guarantee, in, in 10 years, I don't, I forget how long it takes for like the FBI and the CIA to open up um, secret files because it does have a time limit where they do have to eventually open them up. I don't know what that time limit is, but I guarantee you there's going to be a whole lot of things that are going to come out about the Trump administration. This guy is nasty, shady, down dirty. He is a freaking traitor. Now I have family who served in the military. Okay. That's one thing. I hate when people say I'm not patriotic because I question the country, you know, I question our politics and things like that. I have family in the military. I honor our soldiers. I give praise to anybody who puts their life on the line for the country. I just want the country to be doing the right things when they put in these lives on the line. I have a little cousin that is in the, um, you know, the national guard and I don't know, but you know, last I heard he may or he may be deployed at some point. Like this shit matters. You know, this shit matters. It's going to affect my family. If my little cousin goes over to Afghanistan and, you know, they have Russian, um, they have Russians who were behind killing American soldiers and our president knows about it. That pisses me off when I have a cousin that could potentially be going out there. You know what I'm saying? Like this shit is, it's bigger than just, oh, I'm a Republican. Oh, I'm the, this is bigger than that. This is bigger than just your team. Straight up traitor. There's no way around it. He's a traitor. And the Confederate flag people, yo, they're straight up traitors. How do you in this country, because black people have tried to do it. Let us try to do it and we'll all be killed. How do you decide Yo, we're going to, within the country, start our own government. That's what we're going to do. We're going to start our own government within this bitch. Okay? And then when the government says, oh, yeah, 
all right, let's go to war. We go to war. They beat me. And I have the nerve to still rep my flag. You lost. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. When you win, when you lose a war, you effing lost. You pack up your shit and you secede to the other side. You are now them. That's been since the beginning. Cave people knew that shit. Native Americans. What are we confused about? And this is the craziest part about the Confederacy. The Confederacy lasted five years. Five years. These people are constantly talking, oh, I've repped the Confederate flag because it's a part of my history. What history, nigga? I got panties older than five years old. What are you talking about? Five years old? That ain't shit. And y'all still, you still holding on to this scraggly ass five years that you had before you got your ass served to you? I don't get it. How are these people not jailed? It should be illegal to be repping a different flag. It's not a different culture. It's, it's not, you don't have your own language. You didn't come from somewhere else. You ignorant mother effers decided to start your own shit because you wanted to keep slavery in place. That was the number one reason. The North didn't want slavery. You did. You said, you know what? Let's put guns to it. And you lost. And you have nerve to rep this little scraggly ass five years that you kind of tried to develop something. It's ridiculous. President Trump is a freaking traitor. Anybody that has a Confederate flag or reps the Confederate flag is a freaking traitor. Just like Takashi 69 is a traitor. Just like anybody who has a spinoff is a traitor. You're traitors. I had to say something about that because I got into a heated debate with somebody about the Confederate flag about two weeks ago. And I needed a way to talk about it because... We need to have these comebacks when people need to be educated. When you go into work, when you go to your family reunion, when you go to different places and somebody says some ignorant shit, you need to know the history behind it. You need to know how to educate them. You don't got to do it in a funky way. You don't got to do it in a, a nasty way. You can just say, you know, I just honestly, I, I don't understand. What is your definition of a traitor? Because the fact that you have a Confederate flag on your truck, that's a failed state. That was a failed state. It was a nice little try. I mean, you guys had, you know, you started something for about five years, but then you got into a war and you lost it. So how are you not a traitor by repping that flag of a failed state that lost the war? Hmm? You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to have these conversations with people because I know we're in like the, a wave of civil rights movements, but this stuff is going to take years. This stuff is going to take years. You don't build something over hundreds and hundreds of years and think that people are going to be able to fix it like that. No, no. There's so many little pieces and tidbits to all this. It's going to take a very long time to clean up these things. So any which way I can give you ammo to educate somebody who's saying some ignorant shit to you, I will absolutely do it. 
so going on to a more peaceful note, um, I wanted to suggest something to you guys because this is something that I've just recently been doing with my family and I absolutely love it. I had an idea with my cousin um, to start a family prayer. And what the gist was, was we all pray at the exact same time for, you know, three, four minutes, two, three, four minutes, whatever you can do. Um, you drop absolutely everything at this specific time and we all pray together. And I believe that it, it brings us closer as a family. I also believe that, um, you know, sharing in that energy can only be positive and bringing strength to our, you know, our prayers individually, you can make some damage, but you know, in a group, you can, you can do a lot of good. So I encourage you guys to send a text message to your friends or family, start a prayer circle, start a prayer circle. You know, it could just be a commitment of a couple of minutes every single day at a specific time. And you know, it's Lord, I come to you in front of, and you know, with my family, I come to you, we pray together. I ask for peace in the world, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, but I understand we have to be distant, but there are things that we can do to make sure that we still stay together in the ways that matter, you know? And, um, so what we do is eight o'clock every day, we have our family prayer and we have a group chat where we text, I love you when you're done praying. And it's amazing because right around 804, 803, 805, I start getting a bunch of text messages from the people that I love the most saying, I love you. That was my rule. Eight o'clock, you do a couple of minutes of the prayer. And when you're done praying, you text the group chat, I love you. That's it. That's all you got to do. And I definitely encourage that. Um, I love it. It just makes me feel so gooey inside. And the fact that I have the type of family that without hesitation, absolutely, girl. Absolutely, Nina, we with you. Definitely love that idea. And so far we're going on almost two weeks. So definitely, a, you know, it's a good suggestion. I would, um, I would advise you guys do that. So we are going to take a little commercial break and then we're going to get into the bulk of the episode, which, um, I want to give you guys some tips on budgeting. Like I said, we're rolling into a recession. It's happening. It's real. If you haven't lost your job already, or if you've been working since the beginning of COVID, um, some of those people are going to lose their jobs. Um, you know, now is a really important time to start looking at work at home opportunities and things like that. But excuse me, but, uh, in the meantime, let's go to the quick commercial break. Um, and we'll hit all that. Hey guys, it's me. Listen, I am super, super excited to let you know that I have been working on resources for you. If you are one of those people that have no idea what a 401k plan is, a Roth IRA, you want to retire comfortably, but you really don't know how to set that up, contact the show. If you are looking to set up funds for your kids to you know, go to school, you want to fund their tuition or their books or a portion of school, contact the show, we can help you. If you were looking to purchase your first home and you're working on your credit and trying to figure out 
uh, what type of down payment you need and what steps do I really need to take? Who do I need to talk to? How do I get the banks involved? Contact the show, we have resources for you. Everything about what I am doing with the podcast and with my business is about being of service to the community. I wanna help you complete your financial goals and dreams. Contact the show. You can email us at spicypecanpodcast at gmail.com and I will connect you with a team member who is licensed, very important, licensed in your state to advise you on accomplishing your most important goals and dreams. All right, we bet. Dang, it's been like, (coughs) excuse me, over 30 minutes and I feel like I haven't even talked about shit yet. Um, Listen, Like I said, guys, we are rolling into a recession, but I don't want you to fret. This is totally within our control. We've been through this before. You remember 2008. Um, We don't know what this is going to look like, but I did just want to, one, make sure that I mention this because I don't know if people watch the news. Sometimes I talk to my family members and some of them are so up on the news and then some people are just, I'll mention something and they have no idea about it. We can't have that. We can't have that. I want you to know, um, or at least have tips in how to, um, you know, get through these times and trust me, trust and believe I have been through every damn near every scenario. You guys know that I am a recovered alcoholic. I've been sober for a little under four years. I, uh, before, um, before I actually, you know, finally got help, I destroyed my life several times. And I'm just being honest with you, like just being straight up honest. I destroyed my life several times. I have found myself in situations several times without a penny, without a savings, without anything. And the craziest part about it is I've always made decent money. I've always made decent money. I've always worked at jobs where I've been able to take the situation and make more money or I came in with a very decent salary but I wasn't utilizing the steps that I knew. I was just, I don't know what the hell I was doing, going with the flow, paying bills and not thinking about the future. I have no idea. But I have learned more in the past three or four months than I learned in my entire life. And I have a business degree. And I graduated with honors. I graduated high school with honors. I would think that I'm a pretty smart chick. But there's a lot of stuff that I was not implementing in my own life. So like I said in the commercial, everything about what I am doing and how I got sober was being of service. And I have taken that to the next level in my profession and in the things that I'm doing in my pastime. Everything about what I want to be about is about being of service to others. I believe that is why we are here I believe that that is where you find your abundance, your glory. When you are helping other people, the money comes, the happiness comes, the people that you need come. When you are helping other people, it comes. So this is why I'm doing this. Um, This is why I'm doing the podcast. This is why I started my business. And this is why, you know, we're going to get into some of this now. So, excuse me. Oh boy. Coronavirus. (laughs) Now, just clearing my throat. All right. So one of the first things I want to let you know is there are so many resources online about budgeting, about um, 
talking to your bill collectors, everything that you need to know is on YouTube. If you decided to dedicate one hour every day for a week, you would be so much more educated on whatever it is. Hey, I want to buy a house. I'm going to watch uh, videos on YouTube for an hour every day until, you know, for the rest of the week, you're going to know so much more about, uh, about buying a house, obviously. So I did the research for you. One of the people that I want to recommend to you is Budgenista. Budgenista, you can find her on YouTube. You can find her on Instagram. She just released six free classes. Um, I don't have the exact, uh, the exact website, but if you Google Budgenista, she's from New Jersey, Budgenista free classes, it'll come up. And um, she has free classes on budgeting when your money's funny. So basically in an economic downturn, she has uh, a class on side hustles that you can do if you found that you were laid off or you know whatever your situation is, you need a little additional income, you've gone part-time, whatever. Um, there are six classes ranging in all different topics specifically for us to be able to get over the um, recession that we're about to roll into, okay? And I think one of the biggest things I got, I mean, she definitely dropped a lot of gems, but one of the biggest things that I got from the information was that you, you wanna think about, cause right now, if you're not feeling the pain, you're like, eh, you know, whatever, I really don't have to, no. You wanna make sure that you start budgeting so that you don't start feeling the pain. So that hopefully the recession goes by and you've already come to terms with the things that you're getting rid of, things that you're not going to be spending extra on. You've already come to terms with that. So it's a, a very, a much easier transition. Um, what do I mean by that? So I know a lot of people don't want to talk about you know, money being funny or not having enough or whatever. We all want to think about the law of attraction and I have plenty and you want to vibrate high and I'm all with that. I'm all with the positive thinking, but guess what? You're going to end up stressing out once the time comes. Um, especially if your bills are already tight now, when the time comes that something changes Unfortunately, you lose your job or your hours get cut back or whatever the situation is. Um, what happens is you're going to end up stressing out during that time anyway. You're going to freak out. You know it. I know it. I do the same thing. So when stuff gets real, wouldn't it be easier if you had already looked at the worst case scenario? What is the worst case scenario that can happen during this time? Write that down. Write down the worst case scenario. What could possibly happen? Could I lose my apartment? If I did, where would I go? Write that down. Have that plan. It's easier to go to somebody now and say, listen, um, you know, Titi or whoever. Hey, listen, you know, um, I just want to make sure that I'm prepared for the recession. If for some reason I can't afford my apartment during this time, do you think I would be able to stay with you at X amount of rent? Put it out there. It's so much easier to ask now than when you really need it. Because guess what usually happens? Usually, the person says, yeah, absolutely. And then it's done. 
then it's done. Then you never, you don't even have to worry about it. Hopefully, and I'm hoping for you, it's not even going to come to that. But if it does, that part of it is done. Think about it like that. Okay. So that was one of the biggest things that I got from her, um, from her talk. But another thing is you want to play offense and defense with your money. Defense, create a skin tight budget, a skeleton budget. She calls it a ramen noodle budget. It's basically your life without any bells and whistles. So we get rid of the cable and maybe we get Netflix instead, or we get rid of the cable and maybe we do a fire broken, um, you know, fire stick, a jailbroken fire stick or something like that, which I would highly recommend people. You no longer need cable. I just want y'all to know that. There is no need for you to be paying Comcast or anything. The only thing that you need is internet. If you have internet, you don't need HBO, Showtime, Cinema, or whatever. All the little shows. If you get a jailbroken fire stick, it's like $40 for the fire stick. You find somebody to jailbreak it for you, or you watch a couple of YouTube videos and do it yourself. You have free cable. You have free cable. I'm not embarrassed of that. I'm sorry. Nah, I'm not giving you $200 when I could get a couple of these fire sticks. Even if one of them breaks or even if one of them starts acting funny, it's cheaper for me to get a $40 fire stick than pay you $200 a month. But here's the thing, guys. As you're looking at your budget and you're getting rid of things, okay, you have to take the savings and actually save it. This is where people get it effed up. And I know because I've done this a million times. Oh, yes, I'm saving for my car insurance. You know, I'm sa- I saved here, I saved there. Oh, that's great. But what did I do with the savings? Remember, this was money I was already spending. What did I do with the savings? I left it in my checking account and it goes bye-bye. If you leave it in your checking account, the dump account that your direct deposit goes into the, you know, where all of your funds kind of get dumped into that main account that you use, don't leave your money in there. Don't leave your savings in there. So this is what you do. I save 60 bucks on my car insurance. Now, what you got to do is when you go in to pay your car insurance, like you always did before, you pay the car insurance at the lower rate and you force 60 bucks, you dump 60 bucks into your savings account. And you do that until we're out of the recession. And you do that for every single thing that you've decided that we're going to trim back on. Here's the thing, guys. If you are still working and if your life hasn't changed, you're going to listen to this and you're not going to listen to me. You're going to think that things are not going to get real. I hope they don't. But economists... All the finance people are saying that it is going to get real. So what I'm telling you is, why don't we be be proactive now? Start getting a jump on it now. And then hopefully by the end of the time that it's done, you got a little money in the bank. Okay. No harm, no foul. Or what I believe is going to happen at some point that savings, you're going to need it. Because in one way or another, the downturn is going to affect you. In one way or another, the downturn is going to affect most of us. Okay? So that's one of the biggest things. 
save money. I can get you an auto insurance rate in any state if you want to be shopped through a hub. So basically what that means is you give me your information, a rep calls you, they give you an insurance quote, It's an in, they're going to shop you with top, uh, top 30 competitors in the country. So you got like Progressive, State Farm, good to go. Um, you have Geico, insurance, you know, all the big guys. You get shopped at once, you get the best rate. If you save a little money, great. If you can't save money that way, stick to what you have. Easy, right? Easy, easy stuff. And I always tell everybody, auto insurance, um, every time you're about to be renewed, make sure you check your rate. It's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. Those are things that you can control how much you spend. Auto insurance, the cable bill. You know, if you decide you want to keep cable, shop around if you're almost out of the contract. How much is Verizon offering? Can I save $40? You know what I mean? All of your contracts, your cell phone bill, AT&T, check when your contract is out. You may be out of contract right now and you could probably save 50, 60 bucks transferring over to another company. You're going to keep the same number. Make sure you can keep the same phone or they give you a free phone, right? Right? So we want to be doing these things now. We want to be doing these things now. What does your life look like without all the bells and whistles? Okay? And honestly, guys, if the if the coronavirus showed you anything, we tripping with the way we spend our money. We really are. We really are. Dr. Lynn Richardson, that's another person that you want to keep on your radar. She is highly intelligent, constantly giving out gems, really, really good. She works with a lot of celebrities. Um, Dr. Lynn Richardson. But if you listen to what Dr. Lynn Richardson said, if you have a bag that costs more than the amount of money that you typically have in your wallet or in a bank account, you don't need that damn purse. If you have a purse that is $1,500, but you ain't got $1,500 in your savings account, that's a problem, bro. It is. It is a problem. It's a problem if you have a brand spanking new car. All the bells and whistles, right? But you renting. Brand new spanking car. All the bells and whistles. But you renting. That's a problem. That is a problem. If you, and, and this is not, this is not to attack anybody or make anybody feel bad or anything. It's about a shift in mentality. If we're talking about economic equality, right? That's what we're talking about. If we're talking about economic equality, you want to be treated fairly. You want this, this government to set you up in the same way that they set everybody up. You want it to be fair. There are certain things that everyone has the access to know. And there are certain things that we do in specific cultures. I'm going to get on my culture, blacks and Puerto Ricans. I'm going to get on us right now because a lot of us are broke trying to look rich in front of other broke people. You broke, but you trying to floss in front of other broke people. How does this make any sense, guys? How does this make any sense? How does it make sense that you have a luxury vehicle, brand new, all the bells and whistles, but you're renting? 
How? How do you have a vehicle that costs but you're renting. Outside of having some type of weird issue, like a a caveat, like, oh, well, you know, I've recently just got divorced. I'm trying to get my credit back. You know, unless there's some like real, real weird reason why you're doing that, that is a complete imbalance. And that's what we need to get out of our culture. I know what the rappers are doing. I know what the rappers are saying. I get, I see the commercials. I see all that. It's bullshit and we can't live that way. We can't. We cannot continue to look all flossy, buy all these designer things, but you don't own nothing. You don't really got nothing. When you don't even have, you have thousands of dollars worth of jewelry, but you ain't got a life insurance policy, bro. What kind of scale What kind of critical thinking are we using? What? And I'm I'm being dead ass. You go to AC every other weekend, every weekend, right? You spend money on gambling, but you don't even insure your own life so that if you die, people ain't got to do a GoFundMe for you. Like, if you broke, right? If you're broke, The people around you probably broke. So not only do I have to deal with the fact that I just lost somebody that I love dearly, but now I have to pay for their final expenses and I'm broke. So not only did you just die on me, but you just put me behind. You literally just put me behind. When For a couple of dollars a month, you could have had a life insurance policy so that you are a blessing to someone when you pass. It's a different shift of mentality. We got to start thinking differently. You want to create generational wealth? You know what that actually means? That means somebody from one of these generations has to pretty much sacrifice themselves and do everything that they can to kick it off. Somebody's got to start it. Is it going to be you? I mean, that's neither here nor there. Listen, we can get more into that. I started getting all passionate. (laughs) We can get more into that. Uh, And this is what we do in our coaching. We get into it with people. We get into it in a positive way. Like I have seen so many great results. Um, But there were a couple of other uh, savings tips that I wanted to share with you before we get out of here, I believe. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Yes. All right. So right now, right, right now, right, right now, stop paying off your debt exponentially, meaning start slowing down with how you're paying your debt right now. You want more cash on hand. Okay. And remember what I was talking about savings. You save money on the cable bill. Don't leave it in the checking account. Make sure that you put it in a separate account so that it's harder to get it. That is your emergency fund. You should have three months of income in there, meaning three months of what you will need bare bones to get by. Rent, the car, the insurance, you know, the things that you absolutely need to get by. You need three months of that in your emergency fund. Okay, don't leave the savings in your checking. It's the last time I'm going to tell you, but this is the biggest thing because I would always do that. And I will wonder why, how come I never, how come I never have any, I'm not saving it. I'm not putting it aside. You got to start getting into the habit of saving. You know, did you know that 
more than half, I think it's like two thirds of Americans have less than $500 in their savings account. Two thirds. And that's before COVID. Less than $500 in savings. And I guarantee you, if I go to some of those people's houses, they got a 52 screen inch TV. I bet you I could go to their house and I could point to stuff. Point to shit. And they don't got whatever that costs. They don't have that in their account. The PlayStation. You got $400 in your account? Nah. The TV. You got $800? You could probably get what? A 53 for maybe eight. You know, you got 800 bucks? Nah. Them Jordans. Bro, you got 120? I don't even know how much they cost, honestly. You got 150? Nah. Nah, I'm tight right now. What the f- What? What? Anyway. Um, so, your debt. I usually pay over on my car. I usually pay over on rent. I usually pay over on a lot of my bills. Um, I'm not going to be doing that because it's all cash on deck. All that money is going into the savings until I really need it. So when my checking account dwindles down, if for some reason, whatever happened, I can start pulling from that. Okay. Um, a couple of good ideas for banks. Ally is really good. It's, it's online only. They do provide you with a debit card. Um, but they actually have a better interest rate than like bank of America. I think, uh, there's a, there's a couple. If you look at high interest rate checking account or savings account, high interest rate checking, high interest rate saving, um, on Google, they'll give you a couple options. I have Ally, So, um, credit unions are always good to have your savings account in there as well. Um, so don't be paying off all your debt like crazy. We need the cash on deck. All right. You want to create that worst case scenario too. You want to play it out in your mind. What would potentially happen if for some reason everything went to shit? All right. Map that out. Start to plan that. That is your worst case scenario. That is your bunker. That is your bunker plan. All right. Um, if you're in a situation where, you know, really nothing has changed, you know, nothing has changed. You're in the type of profession where, um, it just is not going to be affected by the virus right now, since we're in a downturn right now, may be a great time for you to look at, um, actually everybody refinancing great time to look at possibly refinancing your house. Interest rates are super low refinancing the car interest rates are super low, but if your job is not going to be affected, if your income is not really going to be affected or, you know, you just, you've been saving for a really long time, you know, you good invest. Now's a great time to start, um, teaching yourself about the stocks, grabbing some stocks as they're, you know, downturning so that when they, um, you know, obviously the way the stock market is, you want to buy low, sell high. So obviously stocks are going to be going low right now. You buy them low and then eventually when they go back up, you can sell them for a profit. So right now is a good time to do that. Um, if you really funky, I mean, funky, I said not, (laughs) anyway, um, you can start looking at some real estate options. You know what I mean? You can start mapping out, yo, how can I use my extra money to have a come up? You know, right now, unfortunately people are going to be losing their houses. Is this an opportunity for you to maybe have your first investment property? You know, these are the types of things that you want to look at. If for some reason you're, you're doing fine right now and you're actually playing offense. So, uh, talk to your creditors. 
I always tell y'all that. Make sure you talk to your creditors. Um, refinancing, we already talked about. Teach yourself as much as possible. Did you know that uh, if you Google free courses, Ivy League, there are over 200, I think it was about three, 200 courses being hosted by Ivy League schools where you can actually get some valuable information. You want to learn about finance. You want to learn about, hey, you know, I wanted to learn about this because I wanted to do a side hustle or I wanted to, whatever it is, um, Google Ivy League free courses and educate yourself. Knowledge is power. The more you know, you know, knowledge, they can't never take that away from you. And knowledge is power. Somebody say the right thing to you and teach you something that could change your whole life. So if you find yourself home and you're not doing much, educate yourself and do it for free. Ivy League, baby, you ain't going to be able to get that nowhere. So check that out. Um, That is being available um, on Google right now. And lastly, I just want to say, make sure that you are always, always being so mindful about your mental health and your physical health, vitamins, exercise, invest in your body, invest in your body and invest in your spirituality. You know, everybody needs a higher power. Everybody needs a higher power. And there is one there, you know, whatever you want to call it, it is a real thing. And you don't have to go through these things alone. You are not alone in your darkest moments there is a power, a source that you can tap into. So just like I said, you know, just going back to the prayer circle, if you need other people to help encourage you, um, you can start something like that and that could be a benefit to you. But listen, guys, I am always, always, always so excited to deliver this show to you. This was a hodgepodge. I kind of just did a, a, a spit. I just spit, you know, I had a bunch of topics I wanted to get through And I just kind of spit through all of them. So um, it's always a pleasure, guys. Thank you for joining me again. If you haven't shared the show, make sure you're sharing me with people. I want people to know what I'm saying. I want feedback from people. I want this audience to grow. Um, You know, this is a community. You are a spicy pecan. You a spicy pecan. I'm a spicy pecan. All right? You guys have an amazing week. I love you. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Spicy Pecan Podcast. This is a wonderful new media production.